the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the See You at the Game website and your host for the See You at the Game podcast. For those of you who have been with the podcast for all three seasons, this is going to be a bit of a departure. Instead of being joined by Brad Geiger and Neil Langland to discuss all things going on in the world of CU football, this episode is the first in a series of interviews I will be doing with CU student-athletes as part of the See You at the Game NIL campaign. My first guest is sophomore wide receiver Montana Lemonius Craig. Montana had 10 catches for 123 yards in his freshman campaign. Included in that total were two touchdowns with the second coming late in the game against Oregon State. Montana's 16-yard scoring catch on a third and 15 play gave the Buffs a lead with just over two minutes to play, setting up the Buffs to beat the Beavers in double overtime. We'll be discussing that catch along with Montana's recruitment, his introduction to his new position coach and new offensive coordinator, and his thoughts on the 2022 season. For those of you who are new to the podcast, please remember to subscribe to See You at the Game. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other podcast sites. With the success of the See You at the Game NIL campaign, I will be doing player interviews on a regular basis for the next several months, and I hope you'll come along for the ride. For now... Here's my interview with Montana Lemonius Craig. With the losses from the wide receiver core due to transfers this offseason, more will be expected from Montana. Are he and his teammates up to the challenges of the 2022 season? Let's find out. Okay, and we're back and we're talking with one Montana Lemonius Craig. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. Glad to be alive. Glad to be up on this beautiful Sunday. Excellent. Well, first, uh, being a, a native Montanan, I have to ask you, where did your name come from? Where did, how did you get to be <laughs> named Montana? I mean, I would say I think my mom and my dad is probably really like that name. I don't know why, but I mean, people call my dad Montana, and that was a cool nickname for him, so. Once I came along, I'm his son, so they just thought Montana sounded really cool to be. Very good. So have you ever been to Montana? No, I've never been to Montana. I want to go, actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be pretty funny walking around telling people my name is Montana. Okay. In Montana. <laughs> well, good. Well, if you ever get up here, we'll we'll host you. We'll uh we'll show you around. Yes, sir. So you're from uh originally from Inglewood. California, is that correct? Is that uh, yes, sir. 
Okay. And uh, your senior year, you had, well, what, 1,200 yards receiving and also had 70 tackles on defense, six interceptions. You had a pretty good senior year for Inglewood. So let's talk a little bit about recruiting. You had a bunch of offers from Arizona to Auburn to Yale, which was a pretty interesting offer. So apparently you're not an academic casualty risk at all. Um, <laughs> what's it like being a recruit at the, the age of social media? Is it exciting? Is it ego massaging or is it gut wrenching and nerve wracking? I just say it's for sure exciting and it kind of builds it, builds your ego a lot because in terms of the social media world, if you have offers, you're posted off on social media, you're deemed to be pretty good. Cause not, of course, not everybody's able to get all the offers, but I mean, it's, it's also heart, heartwarming knowing that you have the opportunity to go do something you love at the next level for free and not put that burden of paying for school or your parents. So, I mean, like I said, that makes a huge difference as well. And then also with high school, I went 0-10 my junior year. So, I mean, I, I know what it feels like to win and lose. Of course, I hate losing. I'm a competitive person. I want to win every time. But I've been on the short end of the stick. And then my senior year going 12-1, it was just the culture just needed to change. We had some culture changes. We bought it as a team. and We got the job done and able to have a better year my senior year. And that's really what helped get me to college and boost my recruitment. Okay. Were you, uh, were schools looking at you as a defensive back or was it always wide receiver for you? Is it, was it your choice? Was it different schools offering you different positions? Uh, it was a mixture. Some of it was my choice. Some of it was defense and some of it was offense. So, I mean, amongst different offers was different positions more so. But, I mean, for the most part, majority was at wide receiver, but I did get a few here and there at defensive back. Did you have, obviously, was your preference to play wide receiver? Was you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I knew I wanted to be an offensive guy. Okay. So, talk a little bit about uh, being recruited by the University of Colorado. Had you ever been to Colorado? Had you ever had any contact with Colorado before your, your senior year? So, I never knew nothing about Colorado until I got the offer and I started to consider it, started to think about it. And I came up here on my visit and I fell in love with it. Scenery is beautiful. Everything's nice. The people here is a hometown feeling. And I just knew off the rip this is where I wanted to be. And I made the decision to come here. And to this day, I don't regret it at all. Well, you take any – what official visits did you take? How many did you take? Did you take all five? or? Uh, no, I only ended up taking two. I took one to here. I took one to the University of Nevada. Oh, okay. Did you go to Reno before CU? Or yeah, I went to Reno before CU. So, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. It was pretty nice up there. But, I mean, once I got here, it wasn't no need for me to take any more visits after here because I locked it in. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, your well, your second freshman season. It's hard to classify anybody these days that uh, <laughs> with the COVID year, but your second freshman year last year, you had 10 catches, a couple of touchdowns, one in each corner of Folsom Field, it looks like. You know, you were yeah. the far corner in the Northern Colorado game and then the far corner in the the Oregon State game. Walk us through the, the Northern Colorado touchdown. That uh, it was seven nothing early, and your touchdown made a fourteen nothing game. I would say that one was more so. It was a broken down play, and Brandon Lewis does a great job of trying to keep the play alive when he can. So 
once the play broke down, it's almost sort of like backyard football, get open. And I was in the end zone and I see him scrambling that way. So I just started hauling my behind all the way across to try and get to that corner of the end zone and just beat the defensive back over to the side. And once I beat him over to the corner of the end zone, me and B. Lou had a lot connection and he knew where I was going to be at it. He placed the ball perfectly where only I could get it. Then I was able to keep two feet in. Yeah, I'm not sure if you had two feet, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it counted. That's all that mattered. And then uh, the, probably was, well, I guess that was your first, you know, game at Folsom. You had some action um, during the COVID season, but that was uh, your your first touchdown catch. What was it like having that in your, your very first game, first night game at uh, Folsom Field? It was cool. I mean, I put the preparation in to go in there and make sure that I know what I'm doing and capable of making all those plays. So it, it wasn't really no shocker to me, but, I mean, it felt good to be able to help the team and help contribute to the victory. Okay. Well, your second touchdown catch certainly – Contributed to the victory. It was uh, oh, yeah. late in the Oregon State game. I guess kind of set the scene a little bit. It was. It seemed like Randall Lewis had a first down on a run, but there was a penalty called, and it was third and fifteen at the sixteen yard line. A little over two minutes left in the game. See you down twenty four to twenty. See you the last two games in a row, six of the last seven games, the fans in the stands, myself included, were thinking this was going to slip away with that third and 15 call. Talk to us about the the touchdown that gave CU the lead late in the game in, against Oregon State. Okay, we were down by four. I know we couldn't go for three. Three wouldn't have did us no justice at all. So, I mean, it's third and 15. At the end of the day, I had a go route. We had an all-goal and – it just comes down to make a play. If you get the opportunity, take advantage of it and make the best of it. And that's really all it came down to. B. Lou stepped up in the pocket and delivered a great ball to me. And I was able to catch it. And I made sure I stayed in the end zone. So, because I knew it was 30 15. So I made sure I stayed in the end zone. And then I was able to catch it and get my feet down before he tried to push me out. And that was, I mean, that one was really big. I heard the crowd roar, all 50,000 people in there, man. It was crazy. Yeah. Was that and your, I mean, that's what it's about, too. So, I mean, I really enjoyed that. That's your favorite game so far? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it helped to win in, in double overtime. So, yeah. hadn't worked out. It wouldn't have been so exciting. But, uh, yeah, to put the buffs <laughs> in the lead late in the game. So, how did the season go as far as you're concerned? Obviously, four and eight's not uh, what everybody was hoping for, but uh, you see some positives coming out of the 2021 season? I mean, in terms of growth for young guys, I see a lot of positives. So, I mean, we was, we're was still a young team for the most part, but everybody's growing up together. And I mean, it's a close-knit group of guys that have stayed and that's still bought in and that we're bringing guys in also that's bought into the program. So, I mean, I'm very hopeful in terms of what we can do. And, I mean, we don't need nobody to believe in us but the guys in the room. So, things will be fine. Okay. Well, you had, uh, you know, you were recruited by your, well, it was offensive coordinator and position coach. You know, it was Darren Cheverini. Now you've got uh, a new position coach and a new offensive coordinator. I know you're in off season right now, so you're not having as much contact with the coaches. But what do you know about? Well, I'm going to say his name wrong, but uh, 
Phil McGonkin. Phil McGagan. What uh what contact have you had with him? What conversations have you had with him? Uh he's a real stand-up guy, man. We sat down, talk ball, talk to the group, talk to the YRC room. And I mean, I like him. He's about his business, ready to come in, coaches hard and develop. That's the whole thing, is getting developed as players to be able to get to the next level. So I mean, I'm excited for what the season and the future holds. And I'm looking forward to really working with him. Yeah. Well, I saw one clip when he was talking to the, I guess he was with the Chargers at the time, and it was a clip of some expletives about if you don't block, then you're not going to play. Um, it was kind of uh, passionate about that. Was that uh, kind of the message that he got to you guys as well, that uh, blocking is going to be a big part of your your future as a, a wide receiver at CU? I mean, like you said, we haven't had too many conversations with him. So right now, it's just all introductory stuff, just telling us about his personal, getting to know him, getting to know us. So, I mean, it wasn't nothing in terms of super deep, detailed into, into any ball aspects yet. Okay. How about the, the new offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford, the same sort of deal? Is it just uh, yeah, same basic conversations deal. at this point? Yeah, basic conversations at this point. Because, you know, they're all new. They're just still coming, and they was, on, they was on the recruiting trail. So we haven't really talked to them a whole lot. But, I mean, Coach Mike Sanford, I like – what he's doing, I think he'll get the ball rolling for sure. Well, there's been some concern amongst the fans and probably amongst the wide receivers as well that Mike Sanford certainly had a, a run-oriented or at least the offense at Minnesota was more geared towards the run than the pass. Or there, uh, But his quotes have been that he's going to take what defenses give him and obviously passing is going to be a part of it. Or you can – Certain as a wide receiver that it's going to be more of a run-based offense or you're pretty comfortable that it's going to be a balanced attack? I'm pretty sure it'll be a balanced attack. I know we have a lot of great coaches that all put their minds together in terms of offensive playbook, and Coach Sanford do a great job calling players. Whatever we can get, we'll take, and I think we'll be balanced and be able to attack wherever the missing links are. Okay. So what is uh... – a day in the life look like for you right now? What's uh you're in off season conditioning, you got classes, what sort of what sort of a schedule do you have day to day here at uh, at CU in the spring of 2022? So right now we're in the spring, we're afternoon team. So we do all our academics first thing in the morning. So I mean I start my class around like 9 a.m., get done by around 12 30, relax for a little bit. That's my downtime after that until about 2 15. Then we start our lift at 2.30. And then some days we have team run at 4.15. And then that's it for me. And then go home, eat dinner, do homework, and do it all over again the next day. <laughs> so you've, this is, well, your second year, well, third year with the team at this point. So you've getting, got it pretty well figured out how you can manage the classwork and the conditioning program. Yeah, yeah, I have it pretty well figured out. More so time management-wise. It took me maybe a year to get it down. But now I'm, I'm kind of more moving to the vet side of things and got everything situated together now. Okay. Well, speaking about being on the vet side of thing, there was a tweet out by Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera. He's talking about he'd heard about leaders in the weight room, and he named certain players as being leaders. Uh, Terrence Lang. Brendan Lewis, Daniel Arias, R.J. Sneed, and one Montana Lemonius Craig. So what are you doing being a leader? What does it take to be a leader? Are you one of the 
Are you a quiet leader that leads by example, or are you a kind of a vocal guy? I can say I'm more of a vocal guy. Just try to keep guys motivated and keep them going in the right direction in terms of just working hard and putting the work in. So, I mean, it's not more so like I'm super, super demanding, but it's just at the end of the day, we're all here to take care of business, make sure we go in and get the job done, get our work in, and go on about your day. Okay. So, as you mentioned, you went from, a, you know, your junior year, you were 0 and 10, 12 and 1 as a senior. So, obviously, there was a, quite a change um, on your high school team that led to, uh, you know, playing in the playoffs and everything like that. So. Do you see anything, you know, you had the off season, obviously coming off an 0-10 season, the off season was not very fun, but somehow it morphed into a 12-1 season the following year. Is there anything you can tell the Buff Nation about giving hope to uh, the Buffs being a 4-8 team last year and morphing into something special in 2022? Um, I would say players are bought in. We're more bought in than last year. And Coach Darrell's getting in the groove. He has the coaches that he decided to hire, and I believe he's made some great decisions. So, I mean, in terms of Buff Nation, just keep supporting us, keep pushing us on, and we'll keep fighting. Okay. So how has it been? You lost basically a quarter of the team to the transfer portal. A bunch of new guys are going to be coming in. Um, Only a few of them are coming in for the spring, but a bunch of new guys coming in. For the summer, so you, you, you talked about being bought in. Do you think that the the players that are in the room now, this is going to be Coach Durrell's third year, is the the buy in there with the guys that are there? Is it uh, still a work in progress? Yeah, I would say it's more so for the most part there with the guys that are here now. I mean, the guys that are here now decided to stay on their own. So at the end of the day, this is where they want to be, and I hope that. They are buying into the system, and we're looking forward to being able to make plays this season coming up. Okay. And I take it you're all bought into the system. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. So what can can Buff fans expect from number 15 this fall? This going to be a breakout year for MLC? Uh, That's the goal, man. I'm going to go out there, give my all every time I can, and just perform to the best of my abilities, and let's see where the chips may land. Okay. So – Anything about Boulder? What's your favorite thing that you found about Boulder from your recruiting on to uh, today? Uh, you know, we get a bunch of cold weather, got some snow, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what to, what do you enjoy? What from your recruiting trip from going forward? What do you uh, like most about Boulder? What sold you on being a, a buff and being in Boulder? I'll say the one thing that has not changed: ten out of ten is the hometown feeling. That's one thing that I never go away from because being from Inglewood, California, that is my home. That's what I know. And then coming here, it's like, wow, now I'm all by myself. But it's more so like a family-oriented environment in Boulder. And that's one thing that I genuinely do like. Okay. Well, very good. Well, there's axiomatic that, you know, people say that the three most important hires for a coach is the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and the strength and conditioning coach. You've had some work now with Shannon Turley. He had a good resume coming into Boulder. What's uh, what's the feeling about the strength and conditioning for for CU and uh, the team at this point? Is this uh, is he helping out the team? Is this better than what you had before? Or is it just more of the same? I mean, Coach Turley's a great coach. He goes in there. He's a very detailed guy. 
make sure that everybody's held accountable and make sure the team holds each other accountable. So, I mean, in terms of getting the job done in the weight room, being detailed, being disciplined, he instills all of those things into us. So I love what Coach Turney's doing with the program, and we're all getting bigger, faster, and stronger. They're trying to just keep the ball rolling and being ready for the next season. Okay, so what's uh, what's the future hold for you? Your communications major, is that right? Or Yes, you... sir, communications major with a minor in sports media studies. Okay, so what uh, what's your long-term goals? What do you, uh, where are you going to see you five years from now, 10 years from now? Uh, five years from now, somewhere in, on the NFL roster was the main goal, of course. And then after that, branch off into some sort of broadcasting aspect. Okay. And you enjoying your classes that are leaning towards that? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, any final words you want to pass along to the, the Buff Nation and uh, encouragement for uh, 2022 season? Um, every Buff player, man, we appreciate Buff Nation out there. Appreciate all the support that you guys give us. And looking forward to seeing you guys pack Folsom this next season. Thank you for listening. As noted in the intro, this is the first of many podcasts I will be hosting over the next few months. If you would like to contribute to the campaign, there is a GoFundMe site for See You at the Game where you can make contributions. For donations of $500 or more, you can not only request a player you'd like to see interviewed, but you can sit in on the Zoom meeting as well. All contributions are welcome. The response has been humbling and a little bit overwhelming. I hope I'll be up to the meeting the challenge and I'll be able to bring you some insights into the lives of CU student-athletes and perhaps some greater appreciation for the efforts being put forth by these young men and women on behalf of the Buff Nation. So, until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.